my turn. I get to talk now. That's great. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Weekly Games Chat. This would be episode number 380 for those keeping score at the house. My name is Sean, and uh, yeah, I decided to, uh, you know, come back to work this week. Uh, imagine that. Boys, you did a fine job last week, uh, and I uh, really enjoyed that third picture you had over here on Twitch.tv. Uh, and if you this is the first time you've heard our show, you don't know that we actually stream on Twitch.tv. You can find us at Weekly Game Chat there, and we love seeing folks that we get used to seeing in chat, and even first-timers. So come say hello and see our ugly faces. Speaking of our ugly faces, there's one, two other fine, handsome people in here. What did he just say? Uh, we're going to start off and say hello to John. He is just, he's fantastic, isn't he? Uh, John, quit blushing. It's okay. You look great, buddy. How you doing? I'm doing great. And I just want to take the time, Sean. Uh, I got to give out some props. Um, I want to thank Chris. On behalf of you and I, Sean, I want to thank Chris what? for going ahead and playing Sonic Frontiers so you and I can have time to play God of War. He's, he, you know, he's a team player. He's a champ. Uh, like when he he's plays things like, like when he plays like Overwatch, he likes to be the healer. You know, he wants to be the guy. Matter of fact, when he played World of Warcraft back in the day, he was a panda named Panda Quan. And that panda, it healed. It did what it needed to do to keep things going. Uh, and John, I got to tell you in chat, they're already congratulating you. The fans know you are a big Georgia fan and uh, they want to go ahead and congratulate you. Um, but I will say that that was by drama. Drama still says go Vols, and that's what a true fan should do. So, yeah, John, y'all got a big one this week. So yeah, the media, the media even had me running scared a little bit because <laughs> all week, all week I heard the, if there's one thing I heard constantly is Tennessee is going to expose Georgia. Yeah, that was sort heard, of the that was sort of the resounding thing. Yeah, it turns out it was the other way around, I think, but who knows? <laughs> uh, and I'll tell you, two people who don't want to talk about football this week: uh, myself, one roll tide, and then also Chris. Chris, welcome to the show officially. Uh, how you been, man? It's good to see you. I want to fire Bill O'Brien. We're gonna fire <laughs> Pete Golding. They're terrible. This isn't Nick Saban's fault, <laughs> sir. It's gonna be. <laughs> fine it's all good it's all good but yeah ladies and gentlemen this is uh we're all here the boys are here this is uh what we call the intro part of the show and during the intro we do things like intro each other and also talk about things from the previous week or just something that kind of brings up intro um, each other sounds dirty it's what we're supposed to cool I should have said pre-intro, and then it would have got even more dirty. What? Well, I'm not pre-intros. But I will say, you know, we try to see if anybody's got anything they want to lead off with, and I got it. We're going to lead off with John, and it's only a quote from John. So the roundtable discussion was happening, and John, uh, if you could just verbatim the three words you spoke to me, just repeat what you said to me and Chris when we said, hey, John, do you have anything this week uh, for the intro? John doesn't remember. Well, welcome to old man chat. I don't remember what I said. <laughs> well, John, I remind you, you said, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing. Good job. And I, at that point, it, it was funny. I was zoned out. The I was watching the other stream from last week, and it kind of tilted over to the actual stream where Chris was talking, and John started talking about the intro for this week in my other ear, and I totally missed it. So it was funny. 
And we said, what we're going to do is bring that up that you actually have nothing. And then we're going to say, good thing Chris and I do. And Chris is going to tell us why he finally, well, he finally watched something. And I want to know if he's got tales uh, from the Jedi-ness that he wants to talk about. Yeah, I finally uh, decided to go back to the world of Star Wars. It's been a minute. I'm trying to think. I guess I I watched, uh, I did watch Obi-Wan. But, you know, I try to keep Star Wars at a distance. That way, if I'm not too invested, I just feel like the good stuff finds me. As opposed to just going out there and blindly watching and being like, ah, no. I could have waited on this. I don't need to do this week to week. But uh, yeah, I watched Tales of the Jedi. It wasn't really long, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it good. I yeah. would really like to see more little projects, especially the animation. I know, obviously, you know, Bad Batch and all that's out there. But I'd like stuff like this, I would really what this, I guess, I don't know what you would call it. It's not really a show. Right, because I don't think they're planning on doing more of these. But the one thing this this uh, batch of six episodes made me want, I want more Dooku. I want like the full story of Count Dooku because what they do with him here, I think I've always kind of thought he was this way, right? Like that he was kind of unique of the Sith. Um, and this kind of hammered it home, and it left like me just wanting more and like when i got i was like i would love to spend another five ten hours just exploring like how did this dude become a jedi at what point did he start to really feel you know the way he feels in this and and maybe the exact moment when he finally finds himself going to the other side kind of get hints in this which is kind of cool get some characters that he haven't seen since the very first prequel movie and got made fun of when they actually showed up in that movie, but uh, you know, expanded on them. So that was cool. And you get some more Ahsoka Tano. I felt like her stuff, I could have actually done without her stuff. I felt like that was more of we're setting up her show. So I kind of figured like that last, you know, I'm talking about Sean. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The last little part. I'm like, okay, that's probably where season one of that show starts. I'm guessing maybe it may. And that, that last episode actually came from one of her books. It was called Ahsoka. Mm. Okay. Uh, and I, as that mm-hmm. as that scene started, I was yeah, I get a head bob on that one. Read a book there, buddy. Burr, burr, burr. Burr, name uh, drop. I, I did like the, of course I did too. And I, I think that you like, you mentioned a couple of things. Uh, I think you like work that's done by Dave Filoni. Oh yeah. I think you understand the quality of work he puts into something as far mm-hmm. as Jedi or Star Wars world. So yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it. But I gotta say, I think it's an advanced watch. Even though you may think, oh, the episodes are fifteen minutes a piece, mm-hmm. these are ni- these are like uh, little little pieces of stuff that you have to already kind of have a, a a knowledge about. I think. Sure, that's fair. I don't think. Yeah, I, I think you kind of need to. So it's to not a continuation from beginning to w- to end. No. It's like an anthology of shows. No, it's it's well, it's a snippet. Uh, it's a, it's a series of snippets of time and events yeah. into two people basically of two people kind of concurrently happening. Yeah. Yeah. Ahsoka. I'm not sure, and I'm not sure it, that you guys answered my question. It's how, I, how did we not? It, okay. Is it, is it a sequential story from episode one to episode, whatever? I think it technically is, is but, yes. but it's not like something happens in episode one and then we go to episode two and we pick up right from that. It's no. like, here's a moment 
in this person's life. Now let's move down the timeline a little bit and show you this next moment in this person's life. And then a couple of years later, here's the next moment of their life. Now we're going back to this person a couple of years down the line. Do you, did you ever watch the Harry Potter movies or read the books? I can't remember, John. Mm-hmm. Do you remember when Dumbledore would put his head into the pensive and see something? There's a that? pensive? Yes. So these episodes are very pensive-like in the sense that you see something for a moment, then you come back out of the pensive, and the next time you put your head in, you're at a different space and a different time, and things have already happened. And that's why I say it's advanced, because if you don't know the in-between, or really the timeline of the of the view you get, you could get a little lost. Um, but it's it is dare I say top notch, even as uh, even how from an dare animated you say that even from an animated standpoint, it's legit. Um, mm. but yeah, I'm glad Chris watched it. That's that's yeah. dope. I just need to get you on Andor now. You said you're gonna wait till they all come together, so that's gonna be what's up. Yeah. Um. So so what I wanted to bring to the table is is to say, do I roll the dice and do this, boys? Um. My intro, I wanted to say the name Palmer Lucky. Palmer Lucky. And if you don't know who that is, um, the original founder of Oculus VR, who sold his company to Facebook, that was his name, Palmer Lucky, has made news recently because he claims, and this, of course, is right up my alley, John and Chris, uh, that he made a VR or is making a VR headset that will actually kill you. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up reading more on it. And uh, he's, it's a custom VR headset that's basically in the vein of the, I believe it's an anime, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Sword Art Online, uh, where in that, if you died, you die, like forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what he's going to do. Uh, and so I'm going to read on, and basically the VR headset is going to be laced with charges that will literally explode that could, quote, destroy the brain of the user if they trigger an, uh, an appropriate game over screen that is frightening but also it's like is this so i was like is this sort of a satire is this real it appears to be real it appears to be real and uh he i went on to read that he actually hasn't tried the headset on yet because he hoped that there's no miscalculation um because he has got to the point where he knows how to make it explode but he also doesn't know how to make it not explode yet that seems to be an important (laughs) thing you need to figure out before going to human um, trials (laughs) it was notable i went on to read that he claims to have built weaponized gaming technology uh that made that if you didn't know about it it made sense for him to jump from that to a vr infused Mm -hmm. um thing i mean but look we're just now trying to get vrs into hands of people you know oculus MetaQuest did a great job of doing that uh, we got we got some news about a new device that's coming out. We don't need to start blowing people's brains off. Sounds like the U.S. military or the intelligence community will be calling him any day now. Potentially, <laughs> but I couldn't believe it. You I, have I a didn't. new you have a new torture device, right? Okay. It feels yeah, like we'll, we'll use this down at Gitmo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like he, it's like he, he, he decided to stay in one weekend and just watch all Black Mirror, and now his mind's just corrupted and he's doing the things that black mirror would do with technology. Right. Well, the chat, the chat sounded off and they say things like this is craziness. This, this can never be legal. No, um, this is not good. And then somebody was like, is this how bad the VR business is when you have to create things like this to get attention? I don't think so, but it look, 
I, I ended up finding it on Forbes. I think Forbes is a legitimate news source, but they go on to talk about how, you know, it's it's just right now concept, but it's crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. I just thought I'd bring it to your attention. If you want to read more about it, it's out there. Go read about it. But like, yo, uh, I just want to play like the PSVR two boys and the uh, the next Oculus. I don't want to. I don't know You're if good. I can go there yet. <laughs> but we did talk about me, Chris, and our friend Mike were hanging out, and we were like, yeah, that. If you ever played like a real video game or a VR game, and like you could get hurt or die, for real, you would not play games how you play right now. You hanging out in Discord? Just hanging out. Where were you hanging out? Together in, Sh- in Sean's Where? Discord. <laughs> you, Just making you, sure you've been there. Hey, Sean was being coy because he wanted to make me feel a little jelly. It was working just a little bit, wasn't it? A little bit. (laughs) A little bit. A little jelly. A little Welch's right there. It's probably fine. But name a better jelly than Welch's, by the way. So uh, I do have a quick thing to say. Yesterday was was leg day. Um, And so since yesterday was leg day and because of it, because of the fact it was leg day, my shoulder hurts. Makes sense. Were you recently back in the gym? I remember yeah. you got hurt and had old man back for a while. Right? Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I had old man back. Yeah, I'm back in. You had old man back for a minute and now you're back in it. So that's cool, man. Quit getting, <laughs> quit hurting things that you weren't doing to get hurt. Um, well, when it happened, I was like, this is being in your 40s. This is what happens when you're in your 40s. It's yeah. like, I did Dude, this and this happened. I hurt a nerve just by sitting sometimes. Just sitting. That's just ridiculous. It is ridiculous. It is God, ridiculous. What, what's not ridiculous that. is that we uh I think we've arrived at a point where our intro is pretty pretty legit. I don't think we wanna we never wanna push this farther than it needs to be. Um, but we do want to thank you for listening to the intro so far. If you have, Chris John, do you have anything else that you wanted to add before we moved on? Um, for those that are watching us on twitch.tv, you see what the episode title is. Hopefully you're excited about it because I'm hearing good things. I'm hearing good things. So with that, Chris is giving me a look like he's good. John's rocking just for the visual. This was a good show. So let's, we'll see you next week. Yeah. We'll see you next week before the visual. John does not have a button up on this week. He's got a fantastic Mario shirt on. I love, I actually love that shirt. I actually almost bought that shirt. And we talked of where he got it, Chris, and it was not GameStop. I bet I could figure out where. Ladies and gentlemen, we've done it. We've made it to the land of topic timeness. We thank you so much for being here. Hey, look, whether or not you listened to the entire intro, uh, which was obviously right before this, or if you saw the the mark, the time mark on your phone or your smart device, and you came right to here because this is what you wanted to hear. We welcome you with open arms and we thank you. And what I'm going to do now is shut up because that's what I need to do for Chris to do the thing that he does, which is to properly introduce this week's topic the topic is
Mario plus rabbits, sparks of hope! John, he got some girth on that one, didn't he? <laughs> so I'm thinking right now, because we used to be there, we knew we could hear his neighbors like just walk. We could smell their, smell their food that they made. So you know right then somebody just heard a voice say, Sparks of Hope, he did it. And they're looking around like, what in the, what's a spark of hope? Like, what's Sparks right of Hope! And they're like, there it is again. I heard it again. That's good stuff. I just, I'm just, I just wonder with, with kind of the new edition. I mean, he's been doing it for a while now, but you know, incorporating music into the intro, like how he would just shut us down if we broke into song. Well, is he's keeping it under? There's a certain threshold. So okay, yeah, fair that's use. That's why we're we're good. So the if threshold the, for us is two point three seconds. Yes, yes, uh, yes. But yes. for Chris, it's whatever he wants to do it's fine but i'll tell you what if chris if we get dmc eight because of chris i'm fighting him i'm gonna literally punch him physically i'm, I'm fighting <laughs> i'm fighting him <laughs> i'm gonna beat chris up i probably not chris will probably i got a nemo arm now it might be a fight who knows but, <laughs> but chris, yeah boys yes i gotta make sure i understand before we get into this discussion this is your first mario rabbits game you did not even go near the first one yeah, I can't remember what was out at the same time, but I want to say it came out like in October before too, and it was, it was. Well, it's cla- been out for a long time. <laughs> it's been classic, you know. It, it was like a classic October where there was nine million things, and you know, I was like, "Ooh, piece of candy! Ooh, piece of candy!" And but you it, know. but it's been out a while now. Yeah, but they don't ever put their games on sale, so you know, sorry. Oh, this game has been like ten dollars and ninety nine cents before. I've You're never not seen it attention. there. You, have to yeah. also, you also understand this is like a Ubisoft game. More than I know, I know. I wanted to go so and get this, this out. This by default has been on sale tons of times, and it's been on sale. It's been on sale below the traditional Nintendo games on sale. This thing has been dropped down pretty low at times. I don't know. The lowest I ever saw it on the Nintendo shop was thirty bucks, but yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm not mm-hmm. there all the time. So. But yeah, uh, as you said, John, this is an Ubisoft game, so let's just get this out of the way. Oh! In terms of Ubisoft games, Mario plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope is better than Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Just get that on the record right now. It's a fact. It can't be disputed. It's in the podcast. Thank you. We can go to the news. I just, I like to do a little, I just want to give you some research real quick. So what I did is I went and looked at what came around in August. Cause mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, I got to know. Um, so August, uh, August 29th, 2017, Mario plus rabbits originally came out. So as John alluded to, that had been a while, it'd been a while. Been been while. Um, on August 22nd, uncharted, the lost legacy came out. I don't remember mm. if Chris played that or not. I did. But I will say a big one. August 8th, Hellblades, the newest sacrifice came out. Ooh. So in a, I don't know what date did you say in August? Twenty seventh. Probably like the week before NBA two K came out as well. Somewhere That's about that time. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. That that explains it. Um 
And I no, remember it doesn't no, explain anything. I managed to play Sinuous Sacrifice and Mario plus Rabbids. Well, there was something he played. <laughs> yeah, it probably uh, was. I, I remember it too because I played Lost Legacy during that that mm-hmm. thing. Um, I know what it was, John. Knack Two came out on September fifth. That, that was it. Knack Two. That was it. A hundred hours of Knack Got Two. <laughs> Got it. But no. But no. Um, Chris, I remember just just kind of for real, and you or me, neither one of us were. It was not on our radar that first one. John was the one who jumped into it and loved it. Yeah, I kind Back of day. when I looked at it, you know, I was like, okay, that seems fine um, and good. I, it was just like there were other things, and it was like, yeah. And, and John Same. was John wanted to go play. I was like, go right ahead, man. This time Same. though, um, you know. I figured, what the heck? I heard good things about the first one. It seems to have taken some chances, and I figured it wasn't going to be something that was too hard to get into. Like where <laughs> it was, it was going to be vital that I played through Kingdom Battle, you know, to get this. And I'd heard quite a few previews saying, like, no, you didn't need to play the first one to really be able to get in this one. I could confirm that. Like, sure, I don't know how the Rabbids and Mario got together in the first place, but. This seems to pick up after the events of the first game and within kind of typical Mario fashion, right? Within 20 seconds of our opening scene, here comes an evil force and the Marios and Rapids together. Now they find themselves having to go fight this evil, which I believe is called, was it John Cursella? Yeah, Cursella. Cursa or something like that? Yeah, this big evil entity shows up on a big flying mantee because Mario um, and <laughs> basically they're going throughout. It's going and sending out all these dark tentacles throughout the galaxy. And you're getting your spaceship with uh, your core Mario pals, Luigi princess and Mario. And then their counterparts that are rabid form. And you take this spaceship and go out and you're trying to take out these tentacles to free the galaxy. And of course, as you go along the way, you meet new friends, new acquaintances, new variations of the Mario characters and do battle is the easiest setup I can give it. Am I missing anything, John, on that? I didn't play it. Yeah, you did. I saw you. (laughs) But um yeah so obviously i've played a lot of tactical games and the biggest compliment i will give to this is that first and foremost regardless of the tactical stuff 99 percent of the time this feels like a mario game and i really appreciate it especially outside of battles um going outside battles you're kind of traveling to worlds which is you know thick Think of kind of like Mario Galaxy, right? Like hopping from one planet to another, but bigger, right? And each planet, of course, has its own theme. The first one you go to is like a beach, and then you go to a frozen lake. Um, I can't remember what the third one was right now, but besides the point, um, you know, and when you're not doing battle, you have this open world that feels like a 3D Mario outside of being able to jump. You can go around. You can find pipes that will take you to hidden areas. You can have mini games and little side activities, right? You could talk to all these little rabbits that are local to the area and they'll give you quests to go do. Um, You'll see the classic little orange and green hoops 
for coin gathering challenges, right? Um, there's just tons of side activities to do here outside of the battle system um, itself. And I have to say, that's where I think the game for me won me over because I felt that charm, right? Um, as, as I was going through it. As I get into the actual combat, though, what I also like is that while it's, it's not difficult, I would say, it's, it's fun and it's entertaining. And they give you, remember like when we were playing Triangle Strategy earlier this year, John? Mm-hmm. And it felt like that was a tactics game where it was like, all right, have a fight. And then you're going to wait a while before we really get back to the fighting because we're going to do story and you're going to walk around to find someone to talk to. And they're going to talk for a while. <laughs> if you want battles, you know, you could mainline this, I think. And probably, I think for most people, if you mainlined it, I think it, it's anywhere from 10 to 15 hours. But if you want to, there are battles galore for you to go take on and try different things. Um, and that was something I, I really appreciated because, you know, it let me go around and experiment with these different characters that they're giving me um, and, and try different things just to see what was possible. John, how do you feel? Um, yeah, I, I think I think uh, I think one of the, the beauty, beautiful things about this game is it is still quintessentially Mario. Like you said, the only the only parameter Miyamoto gave to Martin yet. No, that's not his name. The French guy who does these. The only parameter he laid down on these is you can do anything you want to do. It's just you just have to keep in mind one thing. Mario can't jump at least for the first game. Now there's a jumping mechanic in these games. Sure. Um, that's, that's, that's an, that's more of an assist, but there's nothing in here that, that allows Mario or any of his compatriots to jump in the game. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, I don't know why Miyamoto laid that out for him, but it was, you know, it's almost like he decided to go, good luck. <laughs> good luck with that. Make it a Mario game where you can't jump. But um, you know, and I, and I've talked about, you know the the first one, um, and Chris, you've seen enough of the gameplay footage of the first one that you know it's it's very it's very XCOM. Yeah. In other words, it's very grid based. And I gotta say, um, aside from a couple of things, <laughs> hold on, I'm sorry, hold oh, on. No. <laughs> uh, was that Burgess? You think? Yeah, Burgess is like, yeah. hey, I got things to say too. <laughs> Let me tell you something about Mario's Kingdom. The first one was better. All of you are wrong. <laughs> rawr, 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 rawr. So I, yeah, I'll, I'll get to that. Um, so <clears throat> it's it, what was I gonna say? Burgess. <laughs> first one was XCOM. Yeah, based. You said yes. Uh, where you know grid based. This one. Um, this one does. I have to hand it to the developers. They didn't just they didn't just want to make a sequel that enhanced story and was and was pretty. This one this one changes a lot of the formula up on how you approach mechanics. Um, they're 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 the same in spirit, but uh, the, one of the biggest differences between the two games, the first one being you set a marker on the map and that's where you go. Mm-hmm. In this one, and Chris, I don't know if I don't know what you can compare it to. I think you mentioned maybe a fire emblem was more this way. I don't know where the characters 
in as far as as far as their range of motion can walk within their turn anywhere on the map um within a certain range of motion in other words you're not you, you it's not like chess where you're one place and you have to move the character to the other place you can you can wander around anywhere to, to eventually land where you want to land mm-hmm. um and i thought i thought that was a very refreshing change to how the combat worked uh and then you know with the other thing with the jump mechanic where where somebody would assist you like a, a teammate and, and your team would assist you by alley-ooping you, if you will, to another portion of the map. This one does that same thing, but it kind of, it kind of does this helicopter motion where you can pretty much pilot your way to any location. And while you're mid, in midair, you can go as far as you can while deciding where exactly you want to land. Yeah. In, in the previous game, you had to pick that location before you get got alley-ooped, if you will. Um, but but for the most part, everything else um, mechanically is the same. Um, is the it, dash it, mechanic it in the first game? Yeah, the dash mechanics in the first game. Um, but so I mean, everything it, they didn't they didn't they didn't change it up so much to where mm-hmm. it made it made you have to decide. I can't. I, this this is not the mechanics I want. I just prefer the first one. It, it it did a lot of it did enough changes and kept the spirit of the first game's um mechanics yeah. uh, which i really appreciated it was it was it was it was refreshingly different they went in a new direction some of the characters have different types of weapons than they had previously um but yeah the 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 the, the other big difference like chris said i really appreciate how you have not only on the battlefield free range of motion but in the game itself free range free range of motion where you can wander uh it's it's like playing mario odyssey or 64 where you have these areas that you go and you get all these stars or moons or whatever it is yeah and you can do them you don't have to do them i will say this and i'll and i'll turn it back over to chris um mario plus rabbits kingdom battle is far and away 10 times more beautiful than this game um, that's not to say this game is necessarily not good looking. Um, and it almost seems like it's going with a relative uh, kind of a different art style. Um, but if you go, if you go look at Mario Rabbids kingdom battle, I put that game, I'd say that game is more beautiful than Odyssey. Um, as far as how it looks, it is absolutely stunning. And, you know, in fairness, um, you know, the, the, I think the game's trying to do a lot more with the, with the, with the machine. I think it's trying to stretch its limitations. So that's, that's understandable. I mean, it's what, five years, four or five years between uh, both games. So it's like, you know, the switch is starting to show its age. Hmm. Um, but other than that, you know, I think this, um, I think this one so far um, is every bit as good. I'm not going to say it's better, but it's every bit as good as the first one. Yeah. And, and you know how much I love the first one. It's such Aesthetic. a, in- mm, go ahead. Sean. I was going to say, aesthetically speaking, I've been, you know, I've been watching it and I know you guys are going to talk about it. It's, it blows me away of how much it totally looks like a Nintendo game, mm-hmm. but also is so Ubisoft at the same time. Right. Uh, and I think this aesthetic, when I looked at it, I was like, that's kind of Zelda ish. I don't know if that makes sense, but I felt like a Breath of the Wild kind of almost canvas to it. 
Um, I don't know if that's where they got inspiration from, but you guys may not have seen that at all. Maybe that's just my eye that that I'm mm-hmm. seeing it through my lens. But I, I, John, you saying that kind of makes me go, huh? Now I want to see what the other one looks like because I do remember the first one looking really good as well. So, oh yeah, yeah. I would the, just stop mid game and just look around. It just, it just absolutely stunning art style. Speaking really of Zelda, beautiful. the funny thing is whenever you find like a secret or whatever, you know, like doing a puzzle and you solve something, it does that little Zelda jingle whenever you solve something, well, which is, yeah, I was like, oh, well, that was an interesting thing for them to put in this game, but okay. But yeah, um, to echo John, as far as like the combat, it, that's the thing that's most unique because usually in these kind of games, like it's, you really have to think about where you're positioning people throughout and the order of operations that you do things here. It really feels like the goal of the developer is not to hold you back, right? Like every character for the most part has two actions they can do per round. And as John said, you can move around your area and even expand upon it using the jump mechanic until you're done. And and like really the only thing that locks you in is when you actually use your main weapon and fire. Right. So if you've got rabid, uh, princess peach and she's the primary healer class in the game, I can have Mario and Luigi on the left and right of me from the last time. And they got hit. And before I even think about tactically where I'm going to put peach to attack someone, I can go, oh, let me make sure she's in range of both of them real quick, heal both of them. Now let me go position her to where I want for her attack and her defense to be for this next round. And that's like the part that makes it really cool, you know, like that. Like you can, I could sit there and go up and and jump off of Luigi if I'm Mario and glide over to an enemy that's maybe weak to shock damage and if i have an ability that makes it so that when mario dashes he does shock damage boom i'm already putting that effect on them and he's not locked into being right next to those people he can go and cower and get behind a a corner and wait while i then go over to luigi and maybe follow up and do even more damage right like there's there's good stacking ability with that um and that's mainly because uh, we haven't really gotten to the biggest difference, I think, from the first game in this one, at least as far as I've read it, is the actual sparks of hope, right? As you are going on this journey, you begin to meet these things called sparks. Think of them as kind of like power-ups, like elemental power-ups and, and ability power-ups that are custom to each one. And each one starts like level one Uh, You get these currency for them, and as you do more battles, you get more currency. You can go in and upgrade these sparks so that they can do additional things. So, like, one of the earliest ones you get is a fire one, right? Uh, So what does that do? We can build that up to where the fire damage is, like, three times more powerful than it was at first. And whenever Mario uses that spark, now whenever he shoots his guns, he's not just shooting the guns and doing regular damage. He can also put fire damage on them. If they're weak to fire, you'll see them start running around, bumping into other enemies and setting them on fire. It's it's really cool to take all these things as it builds out and start to piece them together with your team and figure out how you can look at a map of different types of enemies with different types of weaknesses and different types of resistances and know 
how I can get everyone into position to where whatever sparks I have when I actually choose to use them, they do massive amounts of damage. So you don't feel like you're just limited to your gun and maybe like your secondary ability, right? Like these sparks kind of change it because Mario from one hand could have an ability that makes him inv invisible or he could have something that's doing splash damage or something that's powering up his weapons, right? Or even putting defense on people. Like the the possibilities after about three or four hours of this, as you keep getting more and more sparks and building them up, like they really let you play around with the sandbox and, and do some cool stuff with it that makes it fun uh, for combat. And Sean, uh, with everything aside from your primary weapon, everything else, I mean, that you can use every single turn, everything else from your secondary weapon to the sparks have like a cool, cool down, down method. Yeah. I mean, it takes a takes a couple of turns uh, for those things to recycle, unless you use special items to, you know, yeah. bring them back to the to the forefront. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the sparks the sparks are definitely a, a game changer, um, and you know they serve as kind of these buffs and these attack elements that that really, like Chris said, can can you know get creative. But the, the things that are always that have always been my favorite mechanics is more and, and luigi now has it too where mario can set his shot and just wait for someone to move when it's their turn like you could just you can put mario in a position to where if any of the enemies move i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot them and it's such a cool mechanic it can and it can really uh it can really bail you out of a lot of jams particularly oh, yeah. if somebody if, if somebody's kind of low on health but um, oh, yeah. yeah the uh the maps, um, the maps are, are much bigger than they used to be, seemingly. Uh, they're more creative, seemingly. Um, and it just allows for that, that free traversal. Um, one of the things that, that's, that's different here that I don't, I don't know that I, one of the things I really loved about Kingdom Battle that seems to be missing here is the weapons that are used by all the, uh, all the characters are simply this is the weapon you get. You can't upgrade them. They don't get any stronger. Um, the, uh, they, they just have skins that are yeah. fun to collect, but they don't really do anything that enhance your gameplay style. In the first one, you could purchase weapons. They're, they'd be the same weapons, the same weapon types. Um, they, they just had, they just had, as you, as you progress through the game, you just get, you just unlock new weapons that had higher damage. In this one, you've got your skill tree, which you did in the first game, and you have a level system. I don't, I don't think Kingdom Battle had had a level system. Mm. Um, all those pink orbs that you get in this game that allow you to enhance and and expand your skill tree, those things were there in the first game, and they were and they were used for the same thing. You just got them as rewards for um, ah. fighting battles. Um, this one, it seems whenever you level up, it will reward you with a pink orb. Correct. So it's, it's a little bit more, and I, I'm it's guessing... a little bit more tedious getting a hold of those orbs in the first game. They had different activities throughout the game. You can go, you can go to this activity. You, you, you complete this. It was optional stuff, but you complete this and you get five pink orbs to help you enhance your skill trees and things it, like that. It, it seems like more than likely they did this because that's what's making you go do the side battles, right? Like, I don't know about you, John, but I've been doing every battle that I find in an area. Like, as I said, you could mainline it. You could 
go straight and do the main quest. And I think you would probably get enough XP to, mm-hmm. to be fine. But I found myself going to every little side battle because I was just like, no, I want XP. I want experience. Um, and I want to build out these, you know, these skill trees as much as possible. Um, because the one thing that's kind of something I've never seen in one of these, uh, XP is shared across the board universally, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, you could be fighting with the exact same three characters 90% of the time because there's only a few instances where they're going to make you use specific characters in a battle. Um, most of the time, it's pick the three or four eventually that you want and uh, and go with it. Uh, the good thing with that, of course, is you know, when you all of a sudden have to use that character you haven't maybe been paying attention to, you can easily get them built up and and feeling accommodated to where you are at that point in the game. The bad part, of course, is you really have to decide when you want to experiment, right? Like, you have to decide to take that time to go and try these characters out unless the game is going to make you. It's very easy to get into your rhythm, too. Mm -hmm. I I mean, right now, I've pretty much stuck with rabid uh peach um luigi for his um mm-hmm. distance for his sniping and mario that's kind of been my my squad i mean i, I but i agree with you the the the, uh, the the ability the desire to want to just explore and take my time is there mm-hmm. you, you've probably been tinkering with this a lot longer than i have so i've been trying to just push through as much as i could um i spent a lot of time in the first area doing a lot of the stuff but when I got to the ice, you know, the second world, I kind of pushed through as much as I could. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it's, I mean, but kingdom battles yeah. the same way when it came to when you got those pink orbs, those pink orbs were distributed to the, to the entire team. Gotcha. So everybody had the same amount. Even if you won two, each team member had two. Yeah. Um, because you know, <clears throat> that's a quality of life thing. In my opinion, nobody, mm-hmm. nobody's got time anymore to just switch uh, around and go and go, you know, level up Luigi when you haven't used him for the past eight hours. Yeah. Ain't no way. Well, for me, it's probably, it kind of feeds into why I think it's probably my one and big weakness. And I, I get that from afar. Like, I do think this is designed to say, Hey, Sean, you don't ever play tactical RPGs. You've never invested your time, but you have spent the last 40 years of your life loving Mario, the character, and going on his various adventures and all that. Come in here. We're going to give you a game that isn't going to make you scream bloody murder like XCOM would if you just pick that up, never trying one of those games, right? We're going to show you these games can be fun right and then maybe 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 you get done with it and you're like you know what i hear good things about them fire emblems nintendo have another 60 dollars, and you go off and do that (laughs) that's probably what i think the goal is here well i think uh i i think i think probably they got feedback from that first game where Mm. people probably got it and they they didn't want the XCOM vibe in it sure they wanted it more of a user-friendly type vibe yeah and that's what this ended up being yeah for me, you know, I've played so many of these is that I'm so used to there being 
something that's really pushing me and making me think about where I'm heading and a threat, so to speak, right? And there's various ways you can go about it. I don't really feel like that exists in this game because I, I don't know about you, John. I think in battle, I have died maybe twice in all my playthroughs, like where the whole team wiped and i had to restart the battle which really is no penalty because it's just literally restart the battle which is like in compared to a lot of other tactical rpgs <laughs> and tactical tactics games it's like i'm used to you know xcom xcom i've got to worry about <laughs> the health of the soldiers on the field because if they die they're dead for good and i have to recruit new people i have to worry about the base of operations when i get back because if i don't build it up the right way i can't even win the game when i get to the end with uh with fire emblem it's about like building all these relationships talking with people and then also once i get them into my party keeping them alive because if they die they're gone for the rest of the story and that can affect the narrative itself with something like ftl where you know that's kind of more of a run-based one right like I'm moving across. Is he just going down games to show us how many he's played? No, <laughs> just, I'm trying to show you all different types of these games out there. I'm playing. But, uh, you know, like FTL is something like where you're going across this grid and you know there's this impending doom coming and you need to manage your time because you only have so much time before it shows up. FTL. You know, or into the breach where, again. Oh, again, into the breach. How many you, are you going to name, Chris? <laughs> Well, these are my faves right here, you know, but like I'm saying, it's a running theme with all these where I feel like there's always stakes, right? And when you lose, it's that thing of what kind of person are you going to be? And it's different for each one of these, right? Like sometimes when I'm playing Fire Emblem, if, if someone dies, the game gets turned off and we restart that battle from the beginning all again because i am not losing right. anyone i care about Dude, on the do flip you guys re remember back in the day when you'd play a game and hit the you'd be like uh-uh no, i'm not loot nope i didn't just clean, cut it off <laughs> with things like ftl xcom it's like oh that run didn't work we didn't get to where we were trying to go now i need to know now i know next time try let's try this and it makes me try new things like that's that's the hook for these for here. I mean, I can kind of just zone out. I'm just sitting back and I'm going through and I'm having fun and it's really colorful and it's very Mario, but like, <laughs> that's the one thing was like, I don't feel any pressure. It's not hard enough this. for you. It's like Chris playing this game is like a baby laying in his crib, watching the thing go right. around. It's not yeah. hard enough, Chris. That's a gripe. Uh, I mean, you're like, you're like Eddie easy mode. Like this is crazy that you're saying yeah. it's too easy. It's I'm it's kidding. of course guys that's a yeah. joke but they have a hard mode Chris I, I maybe I need to try it I should try it you're just too good at games dude I don't know these kind of games like that's that's the pressure I kind of just expect from default and it's not no, there I, and, and Chris you you know this this was Mario Kingdom Battle was my first exposure to this type type of game and it's sure. because it was a Mario game that I think it was like okay let me try this and I and I think it's okay to say this is uh <laughs> this is baby's first turn-based tactical rpg uh, cool like, with that uh, so far <laughs> and, it, and it could be because with kingdom battle i was sort of figuring out the concept of turn-based tactical rpgs sure this one this one is like 
I know what I'm supposed to do. It never, I never needed a tutorial with this game. While while certain things changed a little stylistically and mechanically, everything's still pretty much the same here. Yeah, yeah. But but I and I wasn't sure if that was going to be the case because every time I saw gameplay footage, it looked just looked so different. And everybody was moving around the map freely. I'm like, well, I don't, I, I can't know. Uh, brain does not compute. This is too different. I don't know if I'm going to like this. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's definitely, it's definitely fair to say this is, this is this is what you, this is what you play when you've when you kind of want to learn the basics of how to play one of these games. That's this is fair. like a this is like a this is like a, this is yeah. a crash course in how to play these games. And I think it's, it's I, I think that's a, I think that's a benefit to it. Um, mm-hmm. Because as soon as I played Kingdom Battle, I, I, I mean, what I, I, I didn't dive into tons of them, but you know, I gave um, Triangle Strategy, Triangle Strategy, uh, Gears of War Tactics, which is great game. <laughs> that's got um, stakes. <laughs> yeah, that one's hard. That one was really yeah, hard. That one is hard. <laughs> so. Chris, there's a question from chat from Drama. Uh, is Final Fantasy Fantasy Tactics in this same vein? I mean. It is in the sense that it's tactical combat, but that's a harder game. That is a much harder game. Gotcha. But that's also Good question, Chad. I appreciate that. To be fair, that's also a game from 1997, and like all games back then, games are much were harder, harder back then. In general, yeah. <laughs> yeah but like um, they have they have catered to the easy games, just for sure. As soon as John said "baby's first day," I just like imagining John clearing a level and then like calling me and go like look at me i played tactics game i did it i'm I big boy it. i did it where's my sticker <laughs> i played tactic <laughs> clarissa can i have my snack pack now <laughs> right john I'll, for the second time today I almost spit coke smooth out of my mouth to earlier today I almost just died i was drinking coke and it just it hit the gullet you know that part where it didn't close quite properly Mm-hmm. and chris and mike were hanging out and they just saw me almost die i almost choked to death on coke zero for no reason other than old man throat chris yeah. i i have a question for you sure. uh, as somebody only because i really didn't i didn't really play this game when it when it was uh, i'm only assuming that you played it mm-hmm. do you think they were trying to to capture and i know and i know this is not exactly a one-to-one comparison and i, I and i know all the ones that wouldn't make it a comparison but do you think they were trying to recapture a void from super mario rpg to some extent i think so i i do think so um i didn't play that game a ton josh is the one who really played exactly. that game yeah um yes. but i've seen play people play a lot of mario rpg and i could see that like i, I like that vein and that's always been a cool thing and it is a little bit lost we don't get as much now like it's mainly just sports stuff that you see your party games with Mario, but that used to be the cool thing about Mario is that they would go and experiment and try different genres and be like, Mario can do that too. And really outside of, you know, out of this, the only other thing I can think of recently that's even in that vein for the Mario universe is uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker, right? Which mm-hmm. felt very different and unique and I thought was really well done. And I was like, I want, 20 more of these um, yeah. yeah that so, game was dope yeah. mm-hmm. i would love they it they could have just, just done seasons with that game just make it like 
Speaking yeah. of seasons, I'm glad you brought that up, boys. Uh, are you boys interested in the stuff they got introduced? They're introducing, like, with... Uh, I forget the stuff. I should probably go look it up before I get all excited about my question. But I think there's yeah. three expansions coming out. Yeah, the mm-hmm. season. Uh, and 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 Chris, this is. I mean, I would I would urge you to watch out for the sales for Kingdom Battle because they do happen. Um, particularly, or with you could just borrow mine. I have it for free. Oh yeah, particularly with because Kingdom Battle also had a season pass, an expansion that had Donkey Kong. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this one. Be- this season pass looks even more robust, or should I say robust? Ooh. Um, mm-hmm. And and there's even they've even teased. Um, I know you're happy about this, Chris. They even teased Rayman as an expansion pack. For yes, them. finally the crossover be... we need. Um, and it's funny the Twitter. There was a Twitter post that said it will include the Tower of Doom, and that is it has to be typed out before O's. So. There's going to be some stuff, man. I That would be cool. That'd well, be I mean, cool. Chris, how do you think this game looks aesthetically? How do you think it, I, how do you think it looks? How do you think it runs? I think it looks great um, as far as... I, yeah, to me, it looks like a 3D Mario game. And that's, mm-hmm. that's what I was asking for. You know, I can't speak to how it looked for the first one. Maybe it's just the, the draw distance or wherever the size of the fields and all that that, to your point, makes it pop a little bit better on the original no idea the other part of it though and i mean there's another switch game i have in my library right now that i have dabbled a little bit with that's making me feel the same way which is the switch is getting a little long in the tooth and um you know here like opening up the menus i know i'm gonna see a little load screen when i when i go to that menu I know when I go into Valor, it's going to be a load screen. Everywhere I go, there's a load screen for, you know, sometimes for two seconds, time for. And ladies and gentlemen, that's why he's playing Sonic Frontiers on PC. (laughs) Right. Um, I mean, it's just to me, all these like we had it earlier this year with Kirby, too. Right. Where there are a couple minutes or moments in that game where that game can run near 60 frames per second. But then there are moments when you would start to get into big battles and open areas and you could, you could tell. They, chug, they, chug, 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 chug. Yeah, and you're like, uh, Kirby. Kirby. Yeah. And it would be like, in my view, I'm like, this is just proof. They were planning to have a super switch or whatever you want to call. And they had to pivot off of that because of pandemic and Dude, chip shortages. I'm I get you, John, it. Because he said it, if they released a super switch that had the color of a super Nintendo, but a switch, and it was, it was switch. Can Snap you imagine, switch? dude, how fast we would have bought those? But um, I can tell you how fast I would have done something. <laughs> Not but, stand up, I'll tell you that much. But I mean, it is this thing where, and I think especially now since I've seen a Steam Deck in option in action, right, and how nice that looks. I'm like, I'm ready, Nintendo. Please, I want new hardware it's what seven years now right that the switch has been out yeah hold on 17 18 19 20 21 five years years. i'm dumb um but yeah you know it feels like chris i had to count it out yeah (laughs) it was released on march 3rd 2017 guys thank you Uh, (laughs) i'm i'm ready for a new 
console just because you know like these you're games for a new, for a new you're spoiled you now. want you want the the it honestly your computer loads things fast your xbox loads it things is yeah fast. ps5 loads things fast and and when we get a taste of that yeah you know, with, we, with the switch it's like where's my two key frames with, yeah. with the switch with, with the switch too chris is gonna be like where's my ray tracing exactly i don't It'll know. never be enough no i'll be fine i mean i just want something that runs fast can can get 60 frames and at the very least do 1080p and maybe scale up to 4k when you dock it right like if you give me that i'd be happy i'd be a happy guy um I don't and maybe you. maybe better with the uh the joy cons too that would be nice Wow. Get a pro controller, bro. What do you think I played this game on? Ooh, pro controller <laughs> I will say I do have one gripe uh about this game. And 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 the smaller gripes are the 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 weapons. I really loved getting and buying new weapons in Kingdom Battle and getting stronger weapons and, and becoming more beefy that way. But um one of the things that are that is notable in this game is the voice acting. Um, you get a lot of voice acting, not necessarily word for word voice acting in every single situation, but you, you hear what, uh, rabid peach sounds like you hear, you know, what different, you know, what, uh, <laughs> rabid Mario sounds like, and he can be funny. Um, I don't really like him as a character combat wise, but he can be very funny. Um, one of the things that really irritates me is how, I had a I had a idea of how Beepo was in the first game. Um, he was kind of this aw shucks character, really well intended, leading the team around. Um, but in this game, he's like this obnoxious, um, arrogant butler type, and I just don't like Beepo. There, Beepo is the guy. The, yeah, I know. He looks like a Roomba. Um, yeah, he yeah he very much. I cannot stand him and I and I absolutely loved his character in the first game because you didn't hear what he sounded like. And I really I just I, I just find him so irritating. He's so got pretentious. He's very I don't want to say he's claptrap, but he's like claptrap without the <laughs> the gearbox humor is the best way to say it, right? Like the cut <laughs> that that they would give you with him. Where, you know, like, Bebo's not going to be like, come on, slave, let's go over here and do this. That's what makes Claptrap endearing to you. You're like, this little guy thinks that he owns me. That's funny. Um, yeah, I, I, I can I can be with you. I, I definitely skip him sometimes when he's talking. I do he like the other him. one. Just, Was it Janine? Right? The other, like the AI oh, the, or whatever, the, the ship, the ship AI. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's she's new to the game. She's new to the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, the uh, so this one, uh, I don't know how far you've gotten. I don't know if you finished the game, but does it go? Does it go beyond three characters on the map? Four. Where's that? You can do four. Mm-hmm. Awesome. That's that's awesome. I can't wait to keep going then because that. <laughs> I mean. The first game was only it, it kept it to three. I mean, it was fine to keep it to three, but in this game, there's so many different, there's so much more characters, which I which I find is a positive. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that the fact that it turns to four, 
particularly with the combination of two sparks per character. Wow. That, that sounds great. That sounds really good. Sounds great. Sounds really good. I should probably say I've only seen four once so far. Cause I just got to the part where it has four, but I'm guessing if they're showing me four okay. that we're going to have four now. Gotcha. Cool. And it's a lot. Like when you think about it, if it is four, yeah, you're talking about pretty much all your triggers are attacks, right? So you have the top two each have a function to it. Those are the sparks. And then you have your main weapon and your, your special ability, I guess you could say um, that's assigned to a character. So you have a, you have a lot of resource to use for them. Excellent. Can do some interesting. Excellent. Combos. I guess we should maybe think about some Richard. I think it's time to clear the table and let's flop them out, boys. <clears throat> uh, uh, I don't have a table room. Hold on. Oh no! <laughs> Shifts things around. <laughs> As a Mario game and everything else, I think you know if that's what you come in here. If you come in here loving Mario, like I said, I would recommend this game to Sean. I know he doesn't really play tactical games that much, but I would tell you give this a shot because you love Mario like me. And if you do that, I think you're going to have a fun time. And I don't think it's such irritation that you're ever going to, you know, like with the combat, like you need to feel like you're an expert at these games. Like, no, this isn't very much a wide open arms and hug you and say, come in here, try something new, play in the world that you're familiar with, but maybe see it in a little bit of a different lens. And I think if that's your kind of jam, if you love Mario and you love creativity, and if you want to play a game that's better than Assassin's Creed Odyssey made by Ubisoft, easily the best Ubisoft game made in about five years. <laughs> um, I would say pick this up and I would say you should pick it up because I would give it an 8.5. I think it's solid. Dang. Yeah. That kind of leaves me with nowhere to go. Got I don't, it's, it's, I'm, not, I'm not sure where I'm at right now. Um, oh. I got to tell you, the, uh, the idea of expanding it to a team of four kind of bumps it up, <laughs> even though I haven't even experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Kingdom Battle is, I, I think I've said it on the show, it's my favorite Mario game on the Switch. Um, mm. If somebody were to give, if, if ask me for a list of Mario games, I understand how amazing the game is. I would not give them Odyssey. I'd give them, I'd give them two rat Mario plus rabid games, um, Luigi's mansion and, um, paper Mario, um, the paper Mario game that's on the system. Hmm. Um, so I'm at a nine right now and that could go down to eights. It could go up to upwards of 10. Uh, but we'll see. I, I don't know if this is in the conversation, um, for game of the year for me, even though it's potentially a nine. And the reason I say that is even though I gave Gotham Knights a 7.5, it's in the conversation for game of the year for me. That might break any, that might break people's brains. And that's what I love to do. But right now I'm provisionally at a nine. I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I love the fact that it's, I love the fact that they, that, that, that they respected the license Nintendo gave them enough to not just make the same thing again. Sure. Really, I really love that. 
because he he could have made a very similar game as the last one and he would have done well with it. He probably would have improved it immensely with that formula, but, but the fact that him and his team went in a in a kind of a new direction, I I have I just have tons of respect for that. Um so and and this if if you if you're if you're looking for the right opportunity to jump into this type of game, either one of these games will work. I might even recommend this one um, as a little bit more friendlier. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm at. So, awesome. yeah. Sean, what, what do you give this game? <laughs> he hasn't played it. He hasn't played it. <laughs> Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents... The news. News. Nudes. It's funny because sometimes I look at you in the camera, Chris, and it's like I'm looking at you because you're also looking at your camera, and it's weird, but I love it. Yeah, we got some news this week, of course. That's always what happens after tapping time. Uh, And we're going to lead off with The Price is Wrong. And then if you've watched an Adam Sandler movie, you know what to say next when he's talking to Bob Barker on the golf course. But uh, let's let's talk about it. <laughs> let's talk about it. PlayStation VR 2, woohoo, will be released on February 22nd, 2023. And pre-orders are going to be, uh, pre-orders will begin, sorry, in just a few days on November 15th. That is super exciting. And that's the good news. Uh, the bad news is that it's going to retail for $549.99. That's a chunk of money. The package will include, however, the PSVR 2 headset, PSVR 2 Sense controllers, and stereo headphones. Um, hopefully, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to go back and look to see if when they bundled the original PSVR, if they called those bootleg headphones a tie to it, uh, stereo headphones or whatever. Uh, but there will also be a PlayStation VR 2 Horizon Call of the Mountain bundle that will retail for $599.99. That's crazy. Uh, the charging station will also launch on February 22nd. We don't have a price on that yet, but that's cool that there will be an actual station to charge your PSVR 2. I'm buying it. I don't care how much it costs, boys. I got this. DJ Money. Burr, burr, burr. Well, it's it's just fun to know that the fact that when you own a PSVR two, the console is the peripheral. <laughs> that's that's the uh, that's the side thing that you need um, I, I to run your real it. console. Uh, this is um, this is how you kill VR for we'll PlayStation. See. We'll see. This, this reminds me of the PlayStation Vita, which was a brilliant machine that wanted to charge you $999.99 for a storage card. That's what this feels like to me. I just don't, I, I get it. I, I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, you can't justify the price because of what's in it. I know there's an OLED screen. I know all that. But when you can't, when you can't, when you can't supplement the cost or subsidize the cost, for a console that's already $500 that's still hard to find for people. Um, I will remain optimistic after I say this, 
but I have a hard time understanding how they're going to make this work and make this succeed. Um, but, but this could be the, this could be for the Sean's out there who are just completely invested in VR as, 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 as a concept, but they're not going to get new people to do this. They're not going to get new people to jump in when they're charging money. And and I feel like as a, it respectfully, I feel like if I were Sony and you're wanting more adoption, this is not how you go about doing it. You've already got the Sean's. You just need me and maybe Chris. I, I just don't know that that's how they get there. Yeah. The the thing is, uh, the the Meta Quest Two, the price went up, and you know they recently released a new Quest, whatever that's not really meant for gaming, that costs an astronomical amount of money. The next Meta Quest that's going to be for gaming, they say is going to be pricey. I think the big difference is is simply that Sony has Sony has Sony titles that it can put into this thing. Sure. Uh, another big thing was the previous VR. It it kind of infamously launched as outdated you know, an outdated VR system. Even at launch, it was already like, oh, yeah, yeah that's good. Uh, this one's, it's got fresh tech in it. It's its everything everybody wanted that owned the PSVR. And it's got promising stuff that's not just rumored to be done. It's literally in production. And I'm speaking of like games. And, and the fact that Horizon's going to be available pretty much at launch, that to me, that's going to be big. And if anything is going to save it, it is going to be the excitement of the Sean's that get the Chris's and the John's and say, man, come over and see this thing. This is amazing. Um, this is and, not, and your... we say, I can't, I'm not a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> well, you will we'll see. I, I think, I think you hit the nail on the head with the price. The stuff that's in it is cutting edge type stuff for PSVR components and, and headsets. Um, I, I don't know. I, I did. I would have liked to have seen, something in the in the high threes or mid fours and i know that now we're whatever but i mean that would have been nice you know this is when it's all said and done the register is going to say over 600 dollars for me and that's crazy because I, I didn't pay that much literally for the second console i bought directly <laughs> from sony yeah I is think- there any other game besides horizon that's impressing you with like i can't wait to get my hands on this title not no, because I know this one's first. Um, mm-hmm. I can pull up the list again and and kind of uh, tell you things. Uh, th- and I think initially it's going to be Horizon, but then also the classic VR games that that are out there. I do I we mean, even like know what Horizon first. is yet? They're sure. it's a, know what it is. It's a standalone story in the Horizon world. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's as much as I need to know. Um, okay. I know all the previews, the preview coverage of it that they had uh, about a month or two ago, people seem pretty high on it. They said it's definitely one of the standout VR titles. Um, I think this is just all of them. If, if they're really dedicated to this, this is all of them taking with this of the understanding. This isn't going to all of a sudden sell 30 million units. I don't think they're expecting this to, right? if they're invested and they believe at some point there's going to be a market for VR, this is them working through and understanding how to build these systems, how to get better at them, right? How to make tech that is uh, efficient with software, you know, and, and works well. And it's probably working to a point someday where when you get to a PSVR 3 or VR 4, 
it's a device that is separate from the PlayStation where it's not necessary anymore. It's just their VR device, right? And then it's not so much of a big deal when you say, hey, this is five to $600 because then you can stand back and you can go, yeah, well, this isn't for that. This is to go against Meta, right? And this is to go against uh, Steam VR, all that kind of stuff. That's what you're working towards if you get it right. I don't know. I mean, the question is just going to be consistently, and we, we see this as like, is there going to be some point where a Sony executive goes, no, this is too costly and it's going to take too long before it becomes effective to what we want to be? We're getting off and we're going to just let, well, maybe we'll think about coming back to this a couple of years from now or 10 years from now when the game is different. But right now, we're not going to do it. I don't know. That That's the interesting part to it that I have no idea how it's going to go. Mm. yeah there, i mean i went and looked at the games list john there's a lot of games that are currently available like on a meta or in a steam uh the steam vr those games are classic vr games they try to release on everything uh, but one thing i'm very excited about that will get your loins nice and ready uh village resident evil village is going to be on psvr too and i'm going to play that game for you and i'm going to see her in vr so that's going to be good. Resident Evil 4 is also going to be one. You motorboat <laughs> Resident Evil 4, uh, but it's already on uh, Quest. I could technically play it on Quest now. I've kind of held off because I I had heard rumblings that it was going to be on the PSVR 2, and for some reason that feels like a game I need to play on a Sony hmm. uh, thing. But uh, There's also a game called Firewall that I loved on the first PSVR. Think of the classic game like SOCOM, if you remember that game, the shooter. But mm-hmm. this is like so common VR. They're coming out with a new firewall. So those are going to be ones that I keep my eye on early. Um, and then we'll have to just see what the lineup looks like for the year. I, 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 I hope it, I hope your words don't ring true. I hope it doesn't kill it. I hope people buy it. Uh, I'm going to buy it. I, but see, a lot of us also, we, we've been, we've been, from what I gather on like our message boards, we've been saving up. We knew this was coming. We knew at some point they said no more PSVR stuff. We're going to be switching to PSVR 2. And everybody was like, all right, we're saving coins now. We we know we want this. Let's make it happen. Uh, one thing that I do hate about it is that none of the PSVR games are going to be playable on it, the original ones. Yeah. But there's a reason behind that. So, mm-hmm. Well, Sean, um, if, if you want my advice, and you're probably already there thinking the same thing, uh november 15th just be ready because i think it's gonna i don't think they're i don't think they're these things are gonna have a lot to spare as far as either as far as volume um and and what people say generally is if you if you want this you go to the playstation store directly in fact they might just be selling it on the playstation store directly because once you get into the cart you know you i mean you can take your time Mm -hmm. you don't have to rush to put in your card number and all that stuff Right, right. So just make sure you're make sure you mark your calendar for November fifteenth. I will have severe FOMO if I don't have this on February twenty second. Right. I'll be I'll be miserable. But if you want my advice, Sony, you should sell this at a loss. No crap, right? Dude, pull a Microsoft (laughs) or something. So speaking of selling at a loss, (laughs) Xbox head. Chief awesome dude. Phil Spencer. I just want everyone to 
feel like I love him this week. Uh, has said Microsoft loses between $100 and $200 on every Xbox Series X and S sold. Microsoft subsidized the cost with the expectation that people will spend money on its profitable add-on products later on. Losing this amount per console is fairly significant amount. According to Spencer, Xbox can't maintain these console prices forever. Yeah. Like we talked about this, you know, prices are going up. And I think the main thing that they're likely to increase definitely in the next year is going to be Game Pass. And I think John, I kind of, or I theorized to John last week what I think is the the evil super <laughs> how to get money out of you uh game pass thing sean where i said watch all of a sudden they're gonna be like oh yeah come in play some little redfall at this price and oh now you, now you're here for that why don't you come play starfield which is really gonna hook a lot of people and if this deal goes through with uh activision then you go oh by the way we're gonna increase the price by two dollars this month but it's okay because diablo 4 is here for you to keep giving us all that sweet, sweet cash. You know, so I and think a that's... lot of people have hinted that uh, World of Warcraft might even make its way over there. Possible. Uh, it could you, definitely... You never happen. know. You never yeah. know. They've recently done an update on World of Warcraft where it looks very console-like as far as the layout. Yeah. So we'll see. But you're right. It's, it's all of that stuff. And $2 per user. Mm-hmm. Right, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of money, boys. Yeah. Um. So, but I, I was nervous when I first read this story because I got I was locked in. I bought it through the uh, the the offer where you get the console and the two years locked in Game Pass Ultimate. So hopefully they'll wait at least until that's done, or or either I'm grandfathered in. Yeah, I think you're grand. That's usually what they do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It. I don't know. My, milestone. Um. I got nothing. I didn't know we were done. I already gave a better pivot than milestone. Thanks for the pivot. You know what I mean, Chris? <laughs> yeah. Speaking of milestones, uh, God of War, 2018's God of War, has reached it uh, with the breathless anticipation. You holding your breath? Of God of War Ragnarok. God of War 2018 has been revealed to have passed 23 million copies to date 23 million guys that's how many people listen to our show i agree we did it it's a lot of people uh (laughs) this new figure this new figure is up from 19.5 million sold as of october 2021 with the increase likely due to the successful launch on pc and chris that stands for personal computer the sequel's imminent release (laughs) may also be tied to the success According to PlayStation, quote, we expect similar performance from this new title as well. Simple, basic, to the point. God of War Ragnarok releases on Wednesday, that is today if you're listening on podcast, uh, and has already enjoyed massive, critical success. I can't believe it's here. Knocking Elden Ring out of the conversation altogether. I can't believe it's here. Uh, I don't see I don't see I don't see God of War which I'm sure is going to be amazing. I don't see this one knocking Elden Ring out of contention for game of the year. You'd be surprised. That game came out in February and this one's going to be more fresh. Exactly. It's right in your mind. But like Naughty Dog, the mechanics are all the same. It's just the story's amazing. 
John can't All play I know, God of War. I won't yeah, accept no. it. I know when. Yeah, no. You go play Sonic. Gotham Knights. You're going on the Sonic. No, you're playing Sonic. Go play Sonic. Okay. No. Go play that nice seven. No, Gotham Knights New Game Plus. <laughs> I really want to play I, it. Uh, I know this. <laughs> Today it's Tuesday here for those who are listening. I logged off at work at two thirty, and I am not going back till next Monday. And I have one thing that I intend to do for the next five. That just days. makes you a sad person, Chris. <laughs> you know, it's about finding time to spend with people you love. And I love. Yeah, I don't. I didn't take off work, Chris. And I got two gigs this weekend on a rare Saturday. Oh, not rare, but Saturday and a rare Sunday. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm effed. Don't worry, I'm sorry. Sean. We'll, we'll have it played for you. I'm no, no, no. I'm playing this game. Every, Are we? Uh, we yeah. covering this next week, or do you think we'll need to? Chris, I hope Chris will, I, Chris will come, but come, come at, come at us on Monday, going, "You're ready to play? How far did you get?" But <laughs> maybe, we'll and, and he will, he will post on Discord, um, his platinum trophy along with the Frodo thing. It's done. It's done. <laughs> Probably oh, <right>. Sam. <laughs> oh, it's Sam. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> Uh, but I was telling our chat earlier, I don't mind saying it here, we, 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 we do have a Bayonetta out there. You know, there is a Sonic game sitting out there, uh, but no one's going to be playing it because God of freaking War comes out. You know? You'll be, you'll message me, John, on Monday, and I'll be like, I'm right here, Sam. <laughs> Naked in the dark. I won't be able to throw it in. I won't be able to do the final mission. Because evil will have consumed me. See, when they went to Mordor, um, no. <laughs> uh, something else that I think is going to consume you, Chris, is a uh, a release yeah. date I'm about to share with you. Oh, yes. Uh, and this was a release date for a game called Atomic Heart. And this is going to be a good one, folks. The first person action RPG Atomic Heart will be released on February 21st, 2023. That's a day before mm-hmm. I get my PSVR 2. The game is coming to PC, PS5, Xbox Series X and S, PS4, Xbox One, and Game Pass. The story is set in an alternate version of the 1950s Soviet Union where robots were developed during World War II and Captain America will be in the game. What? (laughs) Every trailer I've seen for this game made me just go, what are you? Yeah, it's beautiful. I I want you. Uh, So, you know. It was one of those ones, I think it got announced on Game Pass maybe two years ago. And it was just like, you keep like, like you know, it interests me when I saw earlier this year when we had the Xbox thing, that that game wasn't on there. To which I was like, does that mean that game's not coming any point in the next, you know, year from this moment? It, does it mean I got to wait all the way to fall 2023? So this was a very nice surprise. But yeah, it looks very Bioshock very system shocky and all that kind of stuff. So I hope it's uh I hope it turns out as well as it teases at least. John, does it interest you? Do you remember this game? Yeah, it was very yeah, like you said, very bioshocky. I'm I'm ready to play it. Um assuming it's decent. Yeah. 
You're gonna end up buying it like on PlayStation, and I'm gonna have as to long as it's you. as long as it's about <laughs> as good as Gotham Knights. I'm, I'm, I'm and I'm gonna be like John. Why did you get that on PlayStation? I like, don't know. <laughs> uh, but something you can only get on HBO, John. Won't you tell us about that? Well, no, I will. But okay, uh, Naughty Dog. I'm oh, second. <laughs> I mistyped that. Wow. I literally have John's name next to that, so that's my bad. My first day back, boys. Right. Naughty Dog and HBO have confirmed that the TV show adaptation for The Last of Us is coming on January 15, 2023. The announcement comes following the leak via the HBO Max app. The first season will consist of 10 episodes, and it appears we'll be covering the events of the first game from 2013. Some episodes may heavily deviate from the original source material. It's nice to know that we don't have to wait on this i thought it might be this kind of window because i was just like looking at hbo stuff i was like when is this when, when oh my god when is this i coming? get so annoyed with this stuff though man why what do you mean why why chris do they have to heavily deviate oh okay uh, I mean, well you could just be expanding upon things i get i i'm gonna have to wait and see yeah. I guess. I don't know, man. Trailer looked good. It did, but there's so much there already. As long as it as long as the I don't know, the basic stuff is there and they expand, I'll probably be okay, but Yeah. Don't don't mess don't mess this up. Pedro Pascal promises you he will not mess it up. <laughs> this you, is the way. Do you know there's a game that Mike D hopes they don't mess up? I think it's about 95% done. We'll see. Well, that yeah. game, ladies and gentlemen, is Final Fantasy 16. Wow. I'm actually going to play this. Final Good. Fantasy 16 is about 95% done with a release date to be revealed soon, mm-hmm. according to its developers. According to Hiroshi Takai, the team is mostly focused on debugging and fixing any rough parts of the game that may need some extra care. Quote, we plan to announce some more information before the end of the year, so I think we can announce it at that time. You just said the same thing twice. I don't think we'll go beyond the summer, so I think it's okay. In addition, the game has been confirmed to be a PlayStation 5 exclusive for at least the first six months. Does uh, Mike have a PlayStation 5? No, he has a PS4 Pro. <laughs> there you go, Mike. There's your reason. With that, with that, it typically comes to PC. I was about to say, is it coming to PC on launch? Is it PC and PS5 and just exclusive to consoles? I thought it was coming to PC. These are questions. Good questions. The news team didn't find Chris. It's not cool that you asked them out loud right now. You know, I'm just, I'm just asking. Just asking. Sony, Sony has not yet responded with a comment. Okay. Okay. Yeah, new trailer looked amazing. This looks like the most unique Final Fantasy I've seen in quite some time. And the most important thing, I didn't see anyone look like it was a boy band. I didn't see a cup of... You didn't hear the word bro? Yeah, I didn't see cup of noodles anywhere in in the game (laughs) so far, so... Oh my goodness. Well, hey, you're speaking of things you haven't seen so far and something we haven't seen since May of this earlier this year is a Nintendo Indie Showcase. Uh, Nintendo has actually announced that a brand new Indie World Showcase will air on Wednesday, November 9th. That's today, podcast listeners, the same day that God of War comes out. 
and we'll have roughly 25 minutes of information on upcoming indie games headed to Nintendo Switch. Nintendo announced the news via Twitter, confirming a 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and a 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time showtime. The last showcase of its air... um, I'm sorry, the last showcase of its kind last aired on May 11th, 2022. So there you go. Chris will not be seeing this because he's going to be, you know, all up in some God of Warness. John can cover it for us. He's not playing God of War now. John, maybe this could be what... No, never mind. I was going to say this could be the topic next week to give us more time to play God of War. Give us some cush. Some A little cush. Wait, what? Not cush the same cush, cush huh? Um, you excited for it? I'm not really ever excited for the indies. I mean, this is when they're like, and and an official new indie game made by fans, the new Metroid. Maybe it'll be the first time they don't have 95 <laughs> RPGs. Uh, in history, that would right. be the first time. The classic okay. game from Square. <laughs> like, wait, remade. I've never. Okay. <laughs> oh my! I, now this next one, I am pumped about. Chris, I'm glad the news team decided to put it on this platform. We got a movie, Sean. I don't think we you do. were expecting. I I wasn't, and it, I was like, <gasps> Netflix. Change up my change up my change up my. Has partnered with the coalition to develop a Gears of War movie alongside an adult animated series. According to the Netflix Twitter account, quote, Gears of War released 16 years ago today. Do I feel old right now, guys? Jeez. Oh, God, that hurt. Uh, and to mark the occasion, Netflix has partnered with the coalition to adapt the Gears of War video game saga into a live action feature film, followed by an adult animated series with the potential for more stories to follow. Dave Batista has been in talks for years about similar projects. Still no word though. If those talks will continue with him. I have to say video game movie adaptations and such. Uh, they are a mixed bag, but this one probably Netflix, Netflix animated shows based on video games have a high track record, right? I think we all agreed. John loved his Castlevania anime i loved that cyberpunk one year john you enjoyed too um you know so if there's anyone that i would say it just it it can't be like the resident evil show that came out yeah yeah (laughs) yeah i was uh i'm looking forward to this i was just laughing about the chainsaw fight i know you tickled yourself i was thinking about it in relation to how that if that had if that had been online like shown up on youtube it would have rivaled um leroy jenkins <laughs> maybe you got you got chris online just showing him being disciplined popping people and then this guy behind chris running across the street the screen going would have been good times dude you get excited <laughs> when those chainsaw fights happen john they come out of nowhere bro <laughs> And you gotta let people know what's happening because you could get you could get ganked. You could get ganked. Get ganked. <laughs> it's it's real, man. It's real. Uh, it's as real as um, arriving to the final news piece. Love a good piece of the week, Chris. 
gentlemen um i know you've been worried about it i know you've been worried about rockstar and i'm and that's that's one of the reasons why we're here to console you they're doing okay okay let me tell you about this take two interactive have has announced another milestone for both gta 5 and red dead redemption grand theft auto 5 has sold one has sold 170 million copies uh, with 385 million units sold for the series as a whole. Red Dead Redemption as a franchise has sold 70 million units worldwide, but has still failed to surpass Call of Duty. See, I keep winning that bet over and over and over and over. The CEO, you know that was four years ago? Lies, (laughs) by the way. Was it five? The CEO has also. No, lies. Oh, we said CEO, lies, yeah. yeah, yeah. CEO also spoke about game delays, saying, "quote There has been some modest pipeline shifts." What does that mean? I hate it when the pipeline shifts. Uh, for some games in development, quote I'll choose delays any day over taking some flops. That's really the key to this business. He's not wrong, John. And for perspective, the real key to this business. The real key to this business is crunch. Just want everybody to know that. Like Kellogg's uh, yeah. Raisin Bran Crunch. That sounds no. delicious. Yeah. yeah. Not the same crunch, Sean. But for perspective, you in your other news story about God of War sales, you, you were, they were excited to gloat 23 million copies of that game <laughs> sold. You're right. And you just read Grand Theft Auto V has sold 170 million units. Mm-hmm. 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 Holy Lord. That's what, like eight, almost nine times more games? Think of it this way. Or 80. Wait, math is hard. Think of it this way. They're almost at half the population in the United States in sales sales for this game. I wish wish somebody could break down for me what what this game hit for people. I'm not telling you don't, I mean, by the answer to this question isn't how good the game is, because there's tons of games that are good, if not better than this game. What did this thing do? <laughs> it's just, it's so it, cool. How did um, it hook 170 million people? I'm not challenging it. I'm curious from a sociological yeah, it's, perspective. Yeah, it was a cool. a marketing perspective, what it did, all the thing, all the stars aligned, why it did what it did. Because GTA 4, all the GTA 5s before it, successful, absolutely successful. But why didn't it do these types of numbers? What did GTA 5 do that said online? G T A online. Yeah. That no. thing. Yes. Yes. Hot. Yeah. Yes, John. You didn't play. You don't know. We're telling you. There are people right now, John. Oh, hold on a second. No, no, no. How many? Okay. I don't know this for a fact. So I don't know the answer to this. But how many copies did this game sell before GTA 5 online? I don't know. Online. Online on went. Table. Because, I don't know. because even 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 before GTA Five Online, this game had sold. I might be wrong about this, but this game had sold more copies than anything on the planet. <laughs> I'm telling you the answer. Am I it's wrong? Just fun online, and cool. Online that's, went live. A, the original game. I can't articulate that any better. 
the original game came out in late September, early October of what was it, 2013, 2014. And GTA Online went live like November or December of that year. And it's been live ever since. And that is what keeps this going because there are people right now, John, who go on the servers and all they're doing is role-playing. They're role-playing as cops, they're role-playing as robbers. And they're playing cops and robbers against each other. And they're just... Or, you know, they're going out there and they're building crazy court race courses to see how many times they could jump 10,000 feet above ground and see how far their car is going to go. It's yeah, but dude, all it, this, it's a smorgasbord. Of I wasn't, I wasn't expecting all the things. to answer the question. I was, I was posing yeah. it as a sociological question. Everybody's got online games. Yes. Okay. I'm just, I'm just, I just want, I just want a scientific study from somebody out there. Some I'm academic not for that. No, I know. Nor am I. It's a metaverse academic study, some academic study, a book that comes out that would be an interesting case study about this game and, and, and its impact and why it did. Why people can really be what they want to be a criminal. Yes. You can hide behind a video Uh game avatar and do all the things you can't do in real life. And Uh, and they do them very well. What if the obvious answer is you get to run over hookers? I ain't running them over. What I'm, if that's a scientist? I'm going. The, burp, more, burp. the more you think about it, too, it's probably the first major successful metaverse. Now that I think about it, like there are Let's people. Stop. No, I mean, but it's true. Like people go I in there. I haven't figured out what a metaverse is. <laughs> like John, there are people who are like living out there, and what are they doing? They're doing all these jobs and everything. Why? So they can go buy the nicest. The nicest mansion and in the game and like, you know, decorate out and then invite their friends over and show off their property. They can go, like I said, go racing together. They can do missions together. They could just mess around together and they're living their lives in a place that feels like a real represent, you know, or at least like a, a video game, real representation of, uh, of LA and people love it. I mean, it's, it's so effing funny, John. What? <laughs> what is a metaverse? <laughs> I still don't. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Um, oh but you God. know, and, but but to and I, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the show, but I was watching an episode of Big Bang Theory, and oh. uh, <clears throat> Sheldon was playing Red Dead Redemption Two, <clears throat> and Leonard walks over to him and says, "What? You know, we gotta do whatever. What are you doing?" And he goes. I I can't right now. I just my horse just died, and, <laughs> and and Leonard Leonard says just just get another horse, and because I've played Red not, not because I've because I know people who've played Red Dead Redemption two, this this would have just been completely over my head. Sheldon says it's not that simple. <laughs> I built a bond. It would feel like a betrayal, <laughs> kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I said that, but but it I works still, and it's funny. I still don't know what the metaverse is. The question <laughs> is, when GTA Six comes out, does it break the internet that day? Like literally so. break it? It yes. breaks the metaverse. Mm. No, it, it just it's a new part of the metaverse at that point, John. It is. What's the metaverse? What's the metaverse? GTA Five. Oh. Before John gets lost in the metaverse, though, guys. Zuckerberg really wants his own metaverse. <laughs> he really does. I think it might be a safe idea 
if we just wrap this episode up. Never. Don't be a fool. Wrap your tool. Just to be safe? I don't know. I said what I said. Electronic mail from the future. All the way from the <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is your show now. This is the part of the show where you write into us with emails and things of that nature. That's why we call this part of the show emails. Uh, and to start off, uh, we remind you that if you want to send us an email, you can do so to weeklygameschat at gmail.com. Just like who's going first, boys? Alejandro, Judd, Tucker, or Matthew? Which one? Who? What's happening? I'm going with Matthew. All right. Chris is reading Matthew. Just because it's called NPR Presents Weekly Games Chat, so I feel like I know what this is going to be about. Hey, guys. It's been a while, but I hope you're doing well. <laughs> I really enjoyed last week's episode. Felt much more matured and relaxed. I'm just glad... John and Chris finally got rid of that wannabe DJ. What kind of DJ has to find some homeless guy behind Best Buy to fix his PS5 over the course of nine months? That dude is bootleg. I enjoyed the literature and film section of the podcast last week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to John's thoughts on the universal basic income next week. Also, I'm glad Chris finally can cover NBA 2K23 without the fun police blocking him. I'm curious if he recommends the $10,000 Super Deluxe Edition where Michael Jordan comes to your house and shows you how to play. (laughs) Seriously, though, thanks for another great week of content. As always, missed you, Sean, and I hope all three of you get to make love to our ears at the same time next week. Matt, you got your wish. Great email, sir. (laughs) What's fun? Did you guys mention that y'all are NPR? We are. No, did y'all mention it? No, probably. But I really we've talked about it behind the scenes. But I feel like no matter what, you know, because I'm usually because of the fact that I have to be here, here, you know, if, if, if I'm not here, I think we just take the week off, but Sean can I, do it. I feel like <laughs> no matter you, John. what's in a shot. I feel, feel like, like a shot. <laughs> I feel I like no matter which it. one, no matter which one as as soon as one of you leaves, we turn in the NPR. I'm, I'm yeah. hooked on them. Like me and Sean are, I guess, I don't know, car talk, but <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a little different than NPR, me and you, but it is a lot more streamlined. Yeah. Uh, and with you and John, it's straight up TED Talk. Like, oh, no, yeah, we're all things considered. No question. All things, yes. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, <laughs> y'all can't help it. But there's something magical when we three come together. Matt, great email, dude. Uh, mm-hmm. You're right. If I'm, if I'm not, my joke to myself is I'm the world's most okayest DJ. So the fact that you got close to that, and also brought up the uh, bootleg <laughs> PS5 fix. That's good stuff, man. A good email. John, are you going to read one next? Yeah, I guess uh, let's do Mr. Tucker. Hey, no. boys. I know Hold why you up. think Tucker. I, you do? Yeah. I don't know why I did. 
<laughs> well, what's the name of the uh, email? <clears throat> Thank the All Father. <clears throat> All right. I'd like to start by saying that I am very pleased to announce that our marching band took third place in 5A Scholastic with awards in percussion and visual performance. Thank you guys so much for your support, as well as all the listeners who sent thoughts and prayers our way. Congrats. Congratulations, Tucker. While I highly appreciate your response to last week's uh, email, Bayonetta is so effing hot. I don't remember this conversation. I'm sorry to say that it wasn't entirely accurate. Last week, I asked you guys if there were any other games out there comparable to Super Liminal that could break my friend's brains. I never specified what Superliminal was, and I take responsibility for withholding that information. Superliminal is a puzzle game that involves uh, forced perspective and optical illusions. Are there any other games out there that are similar to that? Portal excluded. We already know that one. Sincerely yours and game on Ender. P.S. Question for John. What instrument did you play in your marching band? I play trumpet. I sent from the depths of my axolotl's tank Ooh. what is that i don't know uh puzzle games with perspective and optical illusions go play the witness you'll st- stare at things for hours trying to figure out what the pattern is <sighs> there you go that was That's- what i was going to probably say would probably answer that question f puzzle games dude f puzzle games are pretentious af John, Ooh. I need to know what game you played in the marching band. Uh, the instrument I played, Sean, was the Metaverse. <laughs> um, <laughs> I played trombone. Did you really? <laughs> no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you did not play the trombone. Oh, yeah. That makes John, me so happy. John just drops his lunch and picks up his trombone. <laughs> You're amazing, John. I learned something new about you oh. quite frequently. The uh, reason I joined the reason I joined band, um, I only I only started playing the trombone in fr- my freshman year in high school. Most people start in middle school, but I had started a new school and they put my homes they put my homeroom um, in in a shop class and put me in a shop class. And the problem I had with that there wasn't a problem necessarily. It's just that the shop teacher was missing three fingers, and I was happens. like, I can't be here. This is not appropriate. This guy does not have an, he's running out of digits. I got to get out of here. And so the band teacher was like, you want to play trombone? I said, absolutely. And so that's how I ended up in marching band. By the way, uh, Acid Sugar had two more recommendations for Ender. Uh, Fez, which I will also sign off on. And Professor Layton, those games, there's plenty of those. Professor Layton, yeah, but I don't know if it goes to the same uh, Mm. level of that email. Sure. But Professor Layton, the series is fantabulous. Mm-hmm. All right, boys, keep going. Oh, just us? I'm DJ Khaled. Keep going. All right, next up we got uh, Judd. Maybe Judd Apto. I don't know. Could be. It would be cool if it was. Well, boy, am I excited he titled this email. And he says, guys, <laughs> it's here on my PS5. But here's the deal. (laughs) My TV is from 2010. It's a Samsung. It does fine. Does its job. But I feel like I'm really missing out on the true visual richardness. 
Plague's Tale yeah. Requiem looked decent. Elden Ring, amazing game. Nothing fancy on this TV. Maybe I'm dead inside. It's probably that. Or I need a new TV. But how do I justify this to my wife? When the TV works just fine. Side note, did you all see that tweet that said, what if Michael Myers finally spoke in Halloween and his first words were, my knife? I would have died. (laughs) Okay, enough of that. What would you recommend as far as TVs go? I play in the guest room slash office, so the room isn't gigantic. Thinking a 55-inch would suffice, mm, or a 65, ooh, or a 90? <laughs> what do you play on and think would be worth it in, for both the PS5 and Xbox? Love you all. Thanks for making me literally laugh out loud each week and bring such amazing content into my life. From the year 3000, year 3000, Judd. Great email, Judd. I'll tell you now, I'm in a man cave type room and I rock a 55 and it's plenty. Yeah. Um, as far as a TV, if he's looking for one, the one that I think everyone is right now defaulting to, like you want the standard, like this is a great TV for these systems. It's the C2 from LG. Um, that model's been out for about two been out for about two years now i have it um it's it's an oled which is beautiful i don't think there's anything how much does it cost chris because you're about to be able to not ever talk about dj money again i think it's come down like it's not what it was when i bought it we're not gonna talk about that price (laughs) i called you that day remember yeah you did and i said it's you needed that tv and you're happy you bought it i do and now i play my games over here with you on my computer (laughs) it's like a 20 seven inch monitor um hold on let me see if i can that's just... all you really need is a good I'm... gaming monitor right john all right yeah you could get i mean i don't think it's terrible okay you could get the <laughs> 55 inch c2 oled right now at best buy for 1300 dollars. that's not terrible Chris, that's a ticket bro but he just, hasn't he hasn't upgraded since 2010 all right that's the pitch but you missed something so important because you're a single man and that's not a fault it's just what it is he said he's got to justify this to his wife and john and okay. i know that move so it's, here's we here's know that move here's the rundown you, you meet you need to get 120 hertz you need a 4k so he needs 2.1 hdmi so Yes, thank you, Chris. So, mm-hmm. so you can get all that, all those features and functionality, and get a quality TV. I think Chris would agree with this. In a TCL, they have some really sure. good models out there that can do all that stuff that you want, and justify it to you know who. Because you yeah. can't justify that necessarily, unless unless you're secretly Mark Zuckerberg, and you're and, like, let's and, just and see what they are, say. And if you are. What's the metaverse? <laughs> All you have to tell her is that this TV will change her life, and that's why you're Listen, putting it in your office where she'll never go in, right? see it, or interact with it. I'm going to be honest. I, my wife, back in the day, she your didn't wife. see the need for a smartphone. She thought the regular phone would be normal. Now she can't live without it. I used to tell her about HDTVs. 
she didn't understand it until she started watching HDTVs and then all of a sudden switched back to standard definition. I told her how 4K was better than 1080p. She goes, what's 1080p? I go, HD, and this is better than that. And now she can't live without it. I told her, you know, and that's the thing with wives who aren't electronically sat, you know, sat, what am I trying to Savvy. say? Savage. Savvy, not savage. If you can spin it electronically that, savage like I am. <laughs> I'm so savage, bro. Uh, but yeah, let it keep us updated on that because I do think you're not wrong. Um, you're missing out on some some quality uh, visualness for sure by by rocking that that old janky TV you got. <laughs> if you want to save some money, you can also and you can find reviews for these all online. Like Samsung does have ones that are cheaper. They're not OLED like now they have mini led or whatever it is and that's supposed to be a pretty good substitute so well, i would just go not, just go this, is, this chris, is chris you know that first tv i bought when i lived with you that uh, lg 1080p mm-hmm. that's the best tv i've ever bought it's still in my house and it's in it's in our room upstairs and as far as that's concerned my wife is completely your wife she does not care about she does not care about 1080p she doesn't care about 720 whatever it is it doesn't matter to her. True. She, you know, she's she's just not that way. Wish she was, because <laughs> she does not care about these TVs. She's like, Pookie, you're fine with what you got. Mm. Nice. Do you want to read the last one there, John? Trigger warning. I never get to read his. That's why I went the other way this time. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, this is from Alejandro, uh, gentlemen. With the arrival of the dreaded holiday music, it's time to start thinking about uh, Xmas presents, specifically my own. John's review of Gotham Knights got me thinking that it might be time to pull the trigger and trade in my PS4 Pro for a PS5 because I sold him on Gotham Knights. Maybe I could get a good deal on Sean's old one. I could play with my I could play with hearing aids off. Wow, that's funny. My quest my question is in the past what games have triggered you to jump to the next generation of a console festively yours Alejandro sent from my perfectly functional PS4 Pro nice uh for I, I instantly thought of when I bought Twilight Princess I wanted to play it on the um what was it called the Nintendo <laughs> I wanted the Wii it was on the Wii right that's the one yeah. that was on the Wii yeah, but they also released it on the previous system too, the GameCube or something. Yeah, like I bought a GameCube so I could play Twilight Princess. <laughs> and I also remember, I think we got new consoles to play Destiny or something. I'm kind of lame. Destiny was the fall after the release of Xbox One and PS4, but it was definitely in the. Oh, way so maybe I just bought the game on PS3, but when I got a PS4, we then bought the game on PS4. Mm. Maybe. It's funny, I think the same team for back-to-back generations made the game that sold me, I need to get these consoles as soon as possible, right? Uh, Which was first with the Xbox 360 was Call of Duty 2. I wanted to play Call of Duty 2 because I'd seen the trailer crazy? And sure enough, that first day when I was playing that game and like, the German, these Germans threw out a smoke grenade and I watched smoke kind of, kind of flood into this open area. I was like, I've made the wisest decision ever. 
But then fast forward, the, what made me get the Xbox One and sold me on it uh, was, of course, Titanfall, which yeah. was that was the team that did Call of Duty. That's so crazy that we used to be shoot. We used to be shooter guys, yeah. like online. Like that's so, and we're so not that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I bought I bought the Xbox One for the Master Chief Collection. Ooh, in anticipation of Halo Five. Your, Your favorite, favorite Halo. Halo. Yeah. <laughs> John, I got you a Christmas present in a cart right now. Oh, that's right. We're we're up in the game this year. You want to be a friend? You're getting a Christmas present, buddy. I've seen how this starts with Burt Kreischer and Tom Segura. You do not want to go down this road. <laughs> I just um, saw the chat. My good friend Mike is in the chat. And he was trying to give me some grief about wives and things like that and john totally messed up the timing that's funny but what we're not going to mess up is the fact that uh we are also on uh elon musk's twitter and we changed our account we're going to be now uh a parody version of something because you know that's the thing that's happening right now ladies and gentlemen uh have you been affected i hope not um but let's see here What's happening? Oh, the big thing is it is election day uh, as we record this. If you live in the States and you voted, yay, democracy, right? And no matter, just remember, guys, no matter what side of the aisle you voted on or what side wins, be thankful that we have a democracy. And a metaverse. And a metaverse. Uh, I didn't read anything from last week, so I don't, I don't want to make this a train wreck. Um. Okay, but we were mentioned by Cal the Gamer. That's uh, at HyperPanda724 um, mm. <clears throat> as one of several places uh, on Twitter to what is our reaction to Elon Musk buying Twitter and unbanning people who have done horribly wrong things. I think that is a uh, just a matter of opinion. I don't... Uh, let's see. So here we go. Do you guys have any instant reactions on us being affected by or elon musk buying the twitter i uh, yeah i don't know um <laughs> i think it seems, uh, it seems to have pissed off all the right people yeah <laughs> it seems like um seems like a good experiment in advertising <laughs> cause and effect that's what i would say yeah it's 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 crazy <laughs> Um, I will say to you boys right now, something that's trending currently right now in the United States is Sonic Frontiers. So it's trending. Well, on, on Steam, user reviews show very positive. We're going to have to get it and just to delay God of War by a week, boys. Uh, at Tony's right. At Tony's right mentioned us and said, you guys, this was on the third. So this was a few days ago. You guys ignored my email two episodes in a row. I either got spammed or you hate me. Hold on. He's, he sent to us. I will That's go. That's what look, he said. I will go look for it, sir. We're going to like it. I'm going to reply to that and say, we are looking into this, sir. It does happen every now and then. ASAP. What was reply. the name of the poster again? Tony B. Tony B. Oh, hey. Yeah. Totally did get spammed. Um, well, before we we pivot back and read those, did you want me to continue, or do you want to go back and that's a good time to do it? You just tell me. You do what you want to do. Um, you want to keep reading? Hold on. 
Yeah. No, don't want to read that one. Now I'm I'm like going through and like reading each of these. <laughs> like, um. Yeah, dead air is great. Love it. What's the what is the metaverse? (laughs) Well, so this is one that's a little older. We got a direct message from Tone. Uh, This is at Tony X Trotter. This was right around the time we mentioned candy corn and whatnot. Uh, And Halloween was coming up. When, by the way, we hope everybody did have a happy Halloween. I'm sure you guys said that last week. But he said, Mm -hmm. "Hey, Sean, spelled S E A N, Chris and Jeff's brother." Just wanted to say that candy corn is one of the greatest tragedies of the human race. Weirdly enough, though, if you eat it with peanuts, it tastes identical to the payday candy bar, and then it's not so bad. Still an absolute tragedy, though. Also, Chris Plague's Tale intro, so this was back when we did Plague's Tale, from that week made Tone feel like they could run through a brick wall and fight in a battle that leads me to their death and arrival into Valhalla. (laughs) And at that point, Tone wanted us to have a great week and game on. Of course, I didn't read Twitter stuff last week, but we appreciate it. And we, I, you, you sent in some great DMs, so keep that up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I forgot to tell you on Twitter, we are at Weekly Games Chat, of course. Uh, and let me just double check real quick. Chris is going to probably uh, tighten ready. up that email situation. I'm ready. Um, we got, he is huh? He is unblocked as spam. <laughs> unblocked as spam. That's nice. Yeah. But we do have at Sarah 474-308-06. Thank you for the follow. At Rod Carper, your graphic design is nice. Thank you so much for the follow, following you back. And at Tony's right. This is the one we just talked about. So this is a good pivot to get back to those emails. Um, uh, Tony hasn't really fi- decided what they're doing here yet, meaning Twitter. Um, hmm. But keep an eye out for some video game haikus. Thank you for the follow, following you back. And back to you, Chris. All right. Uh, the title of this email, and this was from... October 21st. So uh, keep that in mind, folks. Uh, the title of the email is Happy Spooky Season, guys. It's been a while since I've written in, but I think it's been too long since you had a quality, overly long, boisterous, ridiculous, incredulous, and rootin' tootin' subject line. Uh, fear not, you definitely won't have to. De- and it cuts off because he ran out of characters. <laughs> uh, but the subject of the email Hey, guys. Hi. I'm writing in today to ask you about spooky season. Are there any games you like to play around this time of year as tradition? If not, maybe movies you like to watch or music you like to listen to that gets you in the mood to be spooked. P.S. I made a weekly games chat inspired Xbox Elite Controller in the Design Lab. It's based off the logo you guys have had on podcast services. It has a 90s Dixie Cup vibe for sure. Anyways, happy Halloween from Tony, and he sent uh, pictures on there. If you scroll down on our email, you'll see it there, Tony. Uh, as I'm far totally as looking email. right now, yeah, it's it's very nice. I actually kind of want to build this right now. Dang it, because it looks very, very good, very sharp. Um, I think we, dude, that's dope. Yeah, I don't know if there's like games I like to play outside. Of maybe Costume Quest. If someone wanted to, I'd be interested in that movies i think we talked last week like it does usually get me watching certain types of movies like last week i said i've watched the thing again and i i'm very much adamant that either that or alien is my favorite horror movie ever made i'm still not sure 
and go back and forth. But I do love watching those two. You for guys me, got- uh, by by default, I don't really play. Get I don't get excited for video games around that time, even though I, I'm aware that horror games kind of get an up spike or whatever. Uh, movies, not really. I mean, if if like a Scream or Halloween's on, I'm going to watch it because it's that time of year. But for me, I get to do a lot of fall festivals that are leading up to the holiday when I'm DJing and stuff like that. Uh, so the classics, once I'm, once I'm able to play like a Monster Mash or Somebody's Watching Me or Thriller, those kind of things, it's like, yeah, this is this is Halloween time. This is what's up. And uh, so that's it for me. John, what you got? I'd like to play. A, I'd like to try to play a Resident Evil game every Halloween, every spooky time. Uh, one notable one I really like to go back to is Resident Evil 7. And Sean, that's your favorite Resident Evil. That's my Evil. jam. I will say that because we play uh, MMORPG and and e- either one of those, uh, if you guys play those, you, you kind of know if you're playing those around holiday or any any holiday like Halloween, the games are going to be full of content and decoration from that time of year, which is super, super cool. And uh, if you're watching this on Twitch.tv, you can see Penny right now. She is a big girl and she's adorable. Just saying. Uh, and finally, we want to uh, obviously promote our Discord. Um, but before I do that, live during the uh, during me reading this, and as soon as Chris started reading the other email, we got one more follower. Oh. And it's not showing up on on here. Uh, but at Toe, uh, let me make sure I'm looking on my phone. At Toaster Fished <laughs> is now following us. Great name. Uh, and they say, I just play video games on Twitch. That's it. <laughs> We're going to follow you back. We appreciate that. But I am going to pivot to Discord. And under Discord, we have a section uh, for weekly game chat, of course, that is talking about emails. And uh, so leading up to Halloween, there was some really good stuff uh, that, let me just tell you this. It went from what did I what did I ever dress up as Halloween for when I DJed? I mentioned that I once dressed up as dead mouse and Fred Durst. So that turned in from that talk to undertaker talk of, and actually him on a motorcycle and then yeah, good, good stuff. But as of the newest emails, Huck MS wrote in, uh, and this is going to, you got to put yourself in the mindset of this, right? All fast food restaurants are about to get the Thanos treatment, right? They're gone. However, you can save one. Which fast food joint do you keep? That's a hard question. That is hard, isn't it? Is pizza considered fast food? Um, or are we talking like the McDonald's, Burger King, Arby's, Taco Bell's? Because I, I got like mine if that's the case. I think if I'm going to save a fast food joint, Oh, it's our Chick-fil-A or Whataburger. It's one of those two. Uh, and it's crazy you say that. I'm going Whataburger. Spicy ketchup for life. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. John, John, do you got one? Crystal. <laughs> I'm glad you said that, too, because that was on my list. Crystal will be swagging all it, John. Crystal. Give my um, side chicks. <laughs> so that question actually spun out of control. Punkhead replied and said, your mom's box which is funny. Huck said nice to that. And then she said, think outside your mom's box should be Taco Bell's new slogan, uh, which is fan- <laughs> literally made me chuckle. Hag himself. Yeah, that's right. The same Hag that's on our Twitter. I mean, our Twitch chat every day. 
uh, actually said this email, this 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 email chain in Discord is greater than Odyssey. How meta is that, right? What uh, does that mean? <laughs> then also, uh, real question from Heck himself: How big is our Richards for God of War Ragnarok? Can we even describe how excited we are for this game, boys? I'm off till Monday. <laughs> I'm devastated that I'm going to be DJing, making thousands of dollars, and I can't play this game. Fun fact, uh, the day one patch notes just came out, and there's 170 fixes with the day one patch. So make sure you download that patch. <laughs> and I love, I love when this happens, and of course we're getting ready to wrap up the show, but in our Twitch chat, Toaster Fried just hopped in, and we ah. just mentioned that we followed Toaster Fried back. I'm to- Toaster Fish, or I'm sorry if I said it wrong, but he says, "Hey guys, it's Daniel from New York. I remember, or remember, I used to email in like three to four years ago, and I haven't been here in a while. How are you guys? What's up? Like, I'm wondering where you went, Daniel. Where have you been, Daniel? <laughs> no. And have you seen uh, what's a lawyer, Rob, or?" Um, you know anybody else i'm just kidding but it's good it's good to see you and you found us here so hello hello indeed uh boys do we have anything else to add are we rocking and rolling oh that'd be a no oh good john wants to know what the metaverse is write your thoughts into that but ladies and gentlemen this has been episode 380 of weekly games chat where of course we talked about mario and rabbit sparks of hope we hope you enjoyed that uh, wherever you download the show, please leave us a review and some likes if you can. It helps people like yourself find us. Also, if you want to check us out on twitch.tv, we start usually around 5.30, 5.45 Eastern every Tuesday where we stream the episode. Uh, for your emails, weeklygameschat at gmail.com. We'll usually get those in unless we spam you like we did that one guy. Sorry about that. On Twitter, we're at weeklygameschat. And of course, our Discord is home to the greatest collection of people ever speaking of a good collection of people i want to look at john and chris and say man i love you guys i missed you last week and game on to you john game on to you chris game on john game on sean game on chris game on sean (laughs) peace out everybody your mom's box thug life baby